Blog Talk Radio. I stroll through the pictures What I've left behind You once again I'm locked up in memories They all intertwine The memories living In my mind I know tomorrow Cause that dawn will come You will never know what you have done Good evening and welcome to Stop Child Abuse Now show. This is scan number 3060. That's 3060. Okay. And uh, tonight we're going to have a very very good guest on and she's been on once before and she's a uh, well, they used to say a shaker and a whatever in the city. I'm not going to say that. A mover and a shaker, a shaker or a mover, whatever. The point is she's an advocate, and she goes out there, and she does try, you know, to uh, talk to people and uh, to explain, you know, about child abuse and what it does to children when they are abused. And that is something, uh, it's a big something, okay? It's very, very, very much needed. Anyway, let me read my mission statement first, okay? I'm going to put her back over where she belongs, and I'll put Bill there too, okay? And uh, let me read the mission statement, and then we'll start the show. Okay, we have a fullness of purpose at NASCA to address issues related to childhood abuse and trauma, including sexual assault, um, violent or physical abuse, emotional traumas, and neglect. And we do so two different ways. Number one is educating the public, especially as related to getting society over the taboo of discussing childhood sexual abuse. Presenting the facts that show child abuse to be a pandemic, worldwide problem that affects everyone. And number two is offering hope for healing through numerous pairs and providing many services to adult survivors of child abuse and information for anyone interested in the many issues involving prevention, intervention, and recovery. It's a big part of, of NASCA is prevention, intervention, and recovery. Okay. So um, anyway, we have tonight, we have Judy Russo with us uh, from Montclair, as it says here, New Jersey, a returning NASCA family member who's visiting our show for the second time. And uh, Judy's children disclosed the crimes, that, and that's what it is, is crimes, that were committed against them two years ago, sexual assault by a friend of the family. And I'm not going to read the whole thing because I want her to tell the story. And um, so anyway, uh, she has a lot to say about that. And she also mentions uh, Winona's house, or Winona's house. I've had them on the show. I don't know how many times. I think they're wonderful people. But anyway, okay, Judy, you're there, are you not? Yes, I'm here. Okay, that's good. So anyway, why don't you, uh, you know, start out by telling your story. And at times I will, you know, um, 
you know, I'll stop you and ask you questions and so forth, and then see also, too, if Bill has something he'd like to say or, or to add or whatever, okay? Okay. Okay, so, go ahead. So in um, 2014, my children disclosed that they were sexually assaulted by a very high-powered, affluent person in the community who also was what I thought a good friend to the family, actually thought of them as family, actually trusted my children to the point where I felt like if anything happened to me, this would be the family that would take my children. Um, To go one step further, my ex-husband also felt these people were wonderful people that can't believe that I'm so lucky to have them as friends and they're so nice to me and the children. But um, after that was, it turned our life around. But I'm, I'm going to say in a way that I, my, my thought when this happened besides, you know, being shocked and, uh, you know, I, I can't even, as you can only imagine, um, for some reason I began to advocate right away because my feeling was that I had children to fix. I didn't have children that were gone. And I went with that and I began, as we were going into a process of, we were in advocacy centers um, such as Winona's house and Ginny's house and getting help. But at the same time, I began to be a voice for others. And, and kind of approached it a little differently than most people. I was not concerned about justice because I felt I'd probably never get justice. So my mindset, for some reason, just turned to advocate, fix, make people aware, um, be a voice of hope, help people understand that they can make it through this. And I don't know how that happened, but it did. And I still kind of wonder what made me go into that mode right away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's, it's strange because most people that I met, like at the beginning of my journey, would sit with legal folders and piles of things, and I'd find myself saying, you want justice, but more importantly, you want to repair and fix because you, you need to know justice is slow and justice most likely will fail you. And I hated to be like that, but it isn't a reality. <laughs> well, let me stop you for a second there, because, you know, I kind of understand where you're going here, what, what you're saying. Um, I, 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 per, I personally have uh, been abused so many times in my life, I won't even say it on air many times, believe me, because it's disgusting, all right? One time is too many. But as far as getting justice is concerned, that's the individual. That that's their right to decide whether they want to, you know, to go after people or not go after people. And um, the only thing I can tell you is that. Uh, let me ask you something. When the kids, you know, disclosed to you that they had been, um, you know, abused by the people that you thought were so good, and your husband as well, your ex-husband. Yeah. yeah. Um, what happened? Did you did you go to them and say something, or what did you do? Well, what happened? Well, 
Well, what happened was um, they always would take one of the children. Um, mm-hmm. I don't, you know, I never really disclose their names, but they, you know, they're three years apart. So they would take the older one, but they would leave the littler one. And I kind of thought it's because the littler one was a little bit of a fussy and very clingy to me. So it wasn't, it just, you know, wasn't working out. So they had primarily been taking one child, but um, the child they had been abusing more, which is the oldest child, began to mm-hmm. exhibit behaviors and started to want to go to my ex-husband, started to be afraid of things. And we actually were wondering if she was having mental issues, not emotional issues. Like she was starting to act a little bit off and paranoid. So we started to get concerned about that. Um, mm-hmm. So one of the times when she was at her father's for the weekend, they asked if they could take the younger child. The younger mm-hmm. child at that point being um, seven. So she went over there and they only lived, they lived behind me. So it was walking distance in this big, beautiful um, McMansion, the biggest house in the community, mind you. Um, mm-hmm. So that's another thing. You know, you can't, everybody thinks it just happens. No, it, it doesn't discriminate. These people were very high end and very affluent. So she right. ran and she came, I was in the house where like visually, like I could, I could have thrown a rock at this house. Um, and she ran through the door like a maniac. And she said to me, they are not your friends and ran into her room. So I thought she just had a little fit and an outburst. Cause I'm like, how could you treat them so rude? Oh my gosh. And um, so I called them and uh, they said, Oh, she just, you know, she freaked out and da da da. And then she stayed in her room pretty much the whole weekend. And every time I went in there, she was acting very weird. So I'm like, okay, this is a little bit crazy, but I don't know why she's like this. But um, And then Natalie arrived. Oops, I said her name, sorry. Okay, um, so anyway, Nat arrived on Sunday. And um, when she came home, I heard them behind the doors talking about something. And then I heard a little banter and an argument you better tell her or I'm going to tell her if you don't tell her and so um, I I was listening a little bit more and then Mm -hmm. one of them said well it's it's starting to hurt me and I busted in and I said what are you talking about and that's when they spilled it so at that Mm -hmm. point I still was in disbelief and shock thinking oh my god this is like can't even be true but I did, mm-hmm. I did collapse and fall to my knees, very similar of that when you hear a death or a tragedy, you get that heated feeling and you just fall to your knees. But yeah. I, my, for, I knew not to call local police because we lived in like a little bit of a hillbilly uh, type of town, I'm going to call it, a remote rural because it was up in the country of, you know, mm-hmm. Crystal Springs, Vernon. It's up there. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I called a... Uh, lawyer and asked what to do so um he came over and we didn't have local police it skipped right to the prosecutor's department coming in and then then we went through the whole process of where you have to do the in-camera review and you know everybody so then it then it stepped into mode where i didn't confront these people it it was i had to stay away from them because it went right to a legal um journey 
Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and it's crazy mm-hmm. because here we are. That this was disclosed in 2014, mm-hmm. January 17th of every year, and that was the date it was disclosed. That mm-hmm. day will always stand out. That day will never change for me. But the thing that does change now is I used to be very weak and sad, and now when that day comes around, I almost feel a little sense of empowerment that we made it, here's where we are. So it did get better over the years. I mean, there's the journey. Okay, let me ask you something. Let me ask you something. Okay, Um, so you didn't want to go the legal route, okay? You didn't want to do that. And um, I personally would have gone the legal route, but that doesn't mean anything. I'm me and you're you, (laughs) okay? Oh, no, no, we did. We did. No, we did go the okay, legal route. Okay, because, yeah, go ahead. All right, explain that part a little bit better. Because okay. it sounded okay. like at one point you said, no, go ahead. No, no, it did go the legal route, but my focus, in, uh, it was definitely to get justice, but my mm-hmm. primary focus was to help the children because I felt like um, what happened, to, uh, you know, in my mind, because I do know, you know, even before this happened to me that, Money is power, and money gets you a good attorney. And mm-hmm. I was dealing with people with a lot of money, and I was dealing with people that had dual citizenship, one being in Philippines. So mm-hmm. the minute this happened, I knew that they would lawyer up. So it didn't surprise me in the prosecutor's department to hear, you know what's going to happen now, Judy. They're going to lawyer up. So they did exactly that, and they did do all the things that one would expect, um, vacated their big house, took their children out of school, left the Vernon, uh, so they had multiple dwellings. So they had places in New York, Florida, Philippines, uh, multiple rentals. So they began to live on the run. Um, So, uh, you know, that's where the cat and mouse game began. Um, The end result was... um, we wound up, I wound up putting liens on all their properties in hopes to get him into a deposition or get him back so that he could be arrested. And she was an accomplice. Right. But what mm-hmm. happened was they divorced on paper. Um, all these things happened. And um, so he was never arrested. Um, he's still on the run to this day. Um, he even You'll even see him pop up on Facebook, but nobody, no one can ever pinpoint them and to be honest they're not going to send a whole a whole team of people to keep looking for a philippine man on the run because it's mm-hmm. too much manpower so anytime mm-hmm. um even on facebook i don't know if you if, if carol if you ever saw it but heather Steele would drop stuff um i even at one time he was staying by college in philippines there was just no way that law enforcement was going to go after him they have bigger fish to fry and it definitely was not a priority so the I'm not going to say I ever got justice, but what happened was I wound up um, putting a civil suit that um, they had to answer to in order to get the liens listed off their property. So um, not that the money ever brings justice, but it did validate to my children and having a judge award them something and actually say to them, you know, um, it's true you never got formal justice. However, this is something. So that did give them closure to have a judge say, um, you know, here's a settlement for each of you. 
um, I loved that my little one said, because they said something about college, and mm-hmm. she said, I don't know what kind of college you think that's going to get me, but I guess okay. So, um, <laughs> and and the re- and the way that um, that suit um, was filed was because it happened in their home. They had a business, so there was a business in their home. So it was approached to that we're going to get we're going to go after your your business insurance and your homeowners. Um, and it was a decent enough settlement, and um, I stood my ground on that because I realized she was never coming back. So I had to sit face-to-face with the wife in a room. I had to have um, me be attacked for things that I did. I mean, they, they kept bringing up a DUI, and I was like, how is that relevant to someone molesting a child? You know, so it was, it was, uh, it was a little ugly battle, but there was never one time that I let helping them – Getting them therapy trump above the legal thing. The legal thing to me was just like a bow on it, and I wanted it really bad, but I didn't. I was so afraid that if I didn't get any justice at all, that I would be angry and hateful and bitter, and I didn't want that for me and the kids. So I felt like work on their journey of recovery and, and work on fixing them. And you know what? You want to get that. You want your justice, but like. That's just going to be an extra, and it's going to be beautiful if you get it, but you just want your kids fixed. So that's where I say that, yeah, I do believe in justice, and I wish the system didn't fail, but I feel stronger that people need to repair because you can't put a price on that. No, you can't. Let me say something about all that. Um, First of all, never feel guilty that you didn't pick up, okay, that there was something wrong with these people, that they were perverts, all right, that they were perverts pedophiles, perverts, whatever whatever word you want to give it to them, all right? Because they're very good at grooming. Many times people are very good at grooming not only the children, but the family. And the oh, family totally. thinks, yeah, okay? They're very good at this. Look, you have a barbecue for so-and-so down the street, okay, because they're new to the neighborhood. So the person comes to uh, the big party you're having, and the, the neighborhood wants to make the person feel good, okay? So uh, they have children. So the kids are playing ball, right? So this person has a nice house. He has a, a nice car. He has a wonderful job. And you think, and he's clean cut, right? And so you think this is a good neighbor. He's going to be a good neighbor and someone good for the neighborhood because they yeah. live in an upscale neighborhood, okay? Yeah. So what happens is, um, the guy spends too much time with the kids playing ball, okay? Now, while he's doing this, he's checking the kids out. And he picks his prey, P-R-E-Y, prey, that way, prey. And, and then, then he goes over with the adults, and he's mingling and, and all this other stuff and stays with them for a while, and then he goes back to the kids and, and back and forth and back and forth. Well, someone might think that that's not so bad, okay? Remember, you're, you're dealing with a sicko-psycho. And you don't know that this person is a pedophile slash sex addict. Okay, you don't yeah. know that. So, um, you know, so don't make, don't feel guilty because I could tell in your, in your voice in the beginning even as you were describing these people, they, I didn't know. I thought they were wonderful people, blah, 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 all this stuff. Listen, they're very good performers, okay, and they are a past master 
and grooming people. And look at uh, Sandusky, what he did in Penn State. Okay, remember oh, that? Yeah. yeah. You know, I he groomed I, everyone. He groomed everyone. You know what so I have to see, say? I have to say, because, um, you, you, know, uh, you know, it kind of makes my hair stand up about the grooming because they did exactly that. They saw me at a bus stop in the morning with my daughter, and I always had to leave her if the bus wasn't on time so I could get to work on time. And one day they said, gosh, we hate to see her up here. Um, she can just come to our house in the morning because we work from home most of the time, except when we go to the city. And then they became my very special friends because they could help me with my buying. But then on the flip side, they started to reward me with things such as, gosh, we only trust you. Can you help us purchase real estate? Can you help us with our medical billing? Can you help us? We don't trust anybody but you. So they made me feel like I was um, very important to their, their life, their um, well-being, their business, that like, gosh, you're so good at marketing. You're so good at this. So, yeah, they did exactly that to me. And I think that's another thing that um, – people need to understand out there. I hate to say it, but predators are predators in general, but boy, they find somebody who's got either a single mom or somebody who's in recovery, someone who's weak, someone's broken, that predator's going to swoop right in on you. That's right. That's exactly it's, right. It's like you, you, are, you are prime meat for a predator. Well, you know, you know let me tell you something. Uh, yeah, predator. Um, a lot of times they're in the families, okay, right in your own family. I had yeah. that in my family. And my brother, he was one of them. Um, oh, he would make me sick. He was so sickeningly sweet. Now, he was five years older than me, but we still went to the same school at one point. And then if he saw a teacher 20 feet, say, who's carrying books away from a door, and she's going to have to, you know, put the books down to open the door to go in, right? He would run like a maniac. I saw him do this once. I almost vomited <laughs> to, to go and pick up the books for her and to open up the door and be such a gentleman. And uh, so she turned and she looked at him and she said, oh, you're so nice. You're such a good boy. And I go, oh, lady, you don't know even what you're talking about. Come to my home and then let me see what you think. So... This is how they behave to the outside world. It's not just being a narcissist, which we speak about on the show quite a bit also. But, you know, a narcissist can also, too, act in that manner. But a pedophile, he doesn't want or she doesn't want, okay, <laughs> people on the outside to think of them the, but nothing but a wonderful person because then that takes away from all the nastiness and ugliness what they truly are. Okay, the crimes against children. Let me see if Bill wants to uh, ask you something. I think I don't know if he's in the background. Or what. Bill, you there? Yeah, I'm here. I've been. I'm working as I normally do on Friday, as I explained to Judy. Um, I know um, you do. You know, mm-hmm. I've I've heard her story before, and uh, I didn't know about any updates. Of course, that's interesting for me. But we, I think, agree on the fact that you know, if and I always and I frequently say this to to um, the survivors, I, I tell them that if you have a choice and you have to choose between uh, getting justice, like th- through the justice system, or getting recovery for yourself, mm-hmm. you choose recovery. 
you know. And I agree with that. That's kind of what you were what you were saying before. Now, yeah. if later you you get if later you get uh, some degree of justice too, that's wonderful. But I don't want people to stop pursuing recovery because they haven't gotten justice yet. You know. Exactly. That's, that's how I felt. Yeah. Right. And and you, you know right. what? Absolutely. Listen proudly. They got a. They did get a nice settlement. It'll never be enough. But what I told people, it wasn't about. It didn't matter whether they got ten thousand dollars or they got a hundred thousand dollars. Just to have a judge say, "I'm sorry for what happened to you, girls," was a million dollars. If that makes any sense, just sure. so they could have their day. Right. No, I, I I understand. Yeah, and I agree. So I wanted to make that point. I heard that early on, and I, I've been trying to, pr- to pursue that message for people, or, you know, to push that message so people can can hear it. Because I don't want people to wait, you know, uh, thinking they have to get some kind of, you know, they have to get their predator behind bars where they can feel. <laughs> so Judy, I really appreciate your being here tonight. It's been it's been quite a few years since you were on. Yeah, two thousand. Uh, yeah. 2015. Yeah. Um, and I'm gonna. Um, I have to update your bio. It said uh, that your your kids were abused and disclosed two years ago. Well, it's it's now like 10 years ago. <laughs> no, well, not 2014. But and you know, I have to tell you, the other thing is, is to see, um, you know, where they are now and the little powerhouses they are. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sugarcoat it because um they will always be affected. They will always right. have things. So for me to say, Oh wow, it's over with and they're all good No. We still probably a couple times a week when something or behavior and I will hear that's because when I was assaulted. That's never going away. But it's the that's way right. it's the way that they we we manage to talk about it, deal with it, keep it in check, acknowledge it, not be ashamed of it, not it's taboo, not anybody's dirty. We talk about it almost as if the same thing as if somebody was a recovering addict or somebody had cancer or Crohn's disease. We talk about it as it's something that they're going to have. It's, it's a silent illness, and it's staying. And sometimes it's okay, and sometimes it comes back, and but it's never going away. So it's just yeah, it doesn't go away, but it but it gets a lot better. I just want the newcomer to know we don't try yeah. to get it to go away. We try to heal, and healing is not a thing you do with finality. In fact, it's a progressive thing. So you know, but you will feel a lot better, especially if you disclose in whatever yeah. way in an appropriate forum. With, with people who understand, you know, uh, and can help you. But that's really sort of seminal to your recovery. But anyway, Judy, I just wanted to basically say thank you so much for being back with us. And I know we're going to talk. We're going to talk later, you and I, I know, and Carol, perhaps. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And we'll, but I'll be here, and uh, I'll answer a couple questions, of course, <laughs> as time goes on, Carol. All right? Okay, okay. Oh, sweet. Okay, no, don't don't worry about it. Yeah, Bill does work on uh, Friday night. So, yeah, just just go do what you have to do. So, um, but anyway, one thing I want to ask you, um, 
did you get I'm, – I'm glad that you were so supportive of your children, okay? A lot of times, especially in the situation that uh, you, you were, you know, actually talking about, a lot of parents would say, are you sure, you know, that so-and-so did this or so-and-so did that? You know what I'm saying? But I just want people to know out there that the stats do reveal that 99.5% of the time kids are telling the truth. Okay, that's a nice you know, big stat. Kids don't lie, so you know no, they don't. Kids don't lie. The only time that you will have a situation where maybe a child has been coached is with a breakup, mm-hmm. or having exactly, and you can always, you know, in, in my experience and just working with uh, in the advocacy centers, mm-hmm. you can you can sniff those out right away. Mm-hmm. That's right, and that's exactly what I was going to say. Because you see, like, okay, that's a good example, right? It is the best example. Okay, the mother and the father they break up, and one to be nasty, he's going to say or she's going to say, okay, you say this, and then you say this, okay? So you know, yeah, yeah. So then, when the when the kids are questioned. Um, maybe they're afraid of that parent, you know, or maybe the parent says, I'll buy you the bike that you want. I'll even, I'll even get you something bigger, you know, whatever it is you want, but do this it this way. You should be with me anyway. So then the kid listens to that parent over the other parent. That can happen, but it is so little, so little, because you see in the kids' minds, even though they're frightened many times, or if they're with a, a place like Winona's house, God bless for them, or Deidre's house in Morristown, wonderful. Both of them are wonderful. I've worked with them. Yeah, yeah wonderful. And um, if they're with places like that where they know how to work with children, what to say, what not to say, how, you, know, you know what I'm saying, um, you know, they can get information in a, in a very positive way, and, and they show that it's a positive way and an easier way than if a person who doesn't know how to address the issue gets a hold of them. By the way, I have to say this, on our uh, website, NASCA website, N-A-A-S-C-A.org, uh, people, you should know this. I want you to know this. We have a wonderful website. I use it when I do presentations, whatever, or if I'm just out there talking with my big mouth. Um, you know, you roll it down, you scroll down a little bit, and you will see all different kinds of topics, okay, in the red boxes, okay. Um, I think it's the second one from the right. Uh, it talks about, you know, prevention. That's what it's all about, you know, prevention of child abuse and, and so forth. And it gives you all kinds of ways how to tell you how to teach your children, what to, you know, say to your children, what not to say to your children, all in an appropriate way, by age, okay, age appropriate. And then also, too, you know, if uh, you know your child has been abused, how to handle that situation. Now, it sounds like Judy did a fine job. Number one, she believed them. And number two, she didn't freak out so bad that she went and, you know, punched somebody in the nose, which is probably what I would do. <laughs> I'm bad, Judy. You know, uh. But, you know, you know, there's no – violence doesn't solve anything. I grew up in a total volatile household, and it didn't solve anything, okay? People getting their bones broken, you know what I'm saying, and, and all these other things. It doesn't solve anything. So there is a way of doing things, a way to, to speak to your children, and uh, it's a very good learning tool, 
okay, for the parents and, and also, too, for society just in general. So go to the website and look up, you know, open up the links, and you'll learn an awful lot, okay? Okay, so I said my spiel there. Now, what I want to know is did you ever get them? I mean, I know you did. I'm, I'm pretty sure you did anyway. Um, did you get them help right away? What, what happened? Um, yeah, my, you know what? Um, so in addition to the fact that, um, you know, we, we had insurance, um, mm-hmm. I did because, um, you know, it was – it was deemed by the state that they were victims of a crime. And mm-hmm. um, so they were entitled to victims' crime compensation, which covers, I want to say, $24,000 worth of therapy in a lifetime. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's a lot of people aren't aware that that's out there. Um, so um, it is, and each state is different, but um, in giving them everything they needed, the documentation, all the reports and everything. Um, although, you know, he wasn't prosecuted, they still did view it as a, a verified crime that happened to the children. So mm-hmm. there was enough evidence of that. So that, that was a blessing, too. Even if they didn't get that, um, I would have found a way because the advocacy centers are really, really good about, um, you know, what, what they offer in New Jersey, mm-hmm. anyway, I don't know about all of them. Um, so we did spend a great deal of time there. We did get therapy there. We did go to private therapy. My kids over the past couple of years have been in and out of therapy because I don't make them stay in it. Um, mm-hmm. I do give them the choice because I feel like this happened to them, so they don't have to live in it. They don't have to breathe and eat it. So um, when I feel like something comes up or, you know, they're hitting a rough patch, um, we preemptively um, try to nip it in the bud. But like mm-hmm. I said, it's, it's a lifelong thing that that's going to be with them. And I don't uh, ever want them to be ashamed of it. And I feel like um, because of the way we have approached this, that, you know, they're warriors, they're survivors, I feel that that makes them be able to speak about it without shame. Of course, they don't broadcast it. But mm-hmm. I feel like even them getting into a relationship, engagement, marriage, they're going to be able to share that this happened to them um, without holding their head down. I think that, that, you know, we've been pretty good about that. I, at the same time, of course, I've, I've warned them to be careful who they share the information with because one of them is in high school and one of them just started college, you know, most of the sophomore now. But, um, you got You know, you do have to learn how to deliver it, how to use it, and when not to use it. Um, and that's why, to me, awareness is so important in educating people so that mm-hmm. they realize that, that this is something people should be able to talk about. Well, that's that's just it, though. You know, Judy. Um, all right, now I've been on this show for twelve years. And before that, I was on another show for two years because she wanted to become a minister at the time. And I'm Catholic, so I'm not going to become a minister. <laughs> okay. So anyway, um, so she introduced me to Bill's show, and I've been here ever since. Now, yeah. I'm very used to the radio, and I've been on many other radio stations too, like WRNJ. I'm on that so many times I can't can't even remember. But um, the point is this. Uh, you know, people have to understand 
society has to understand that if you don't teach your children how to stay safe, you're putting them in harm's way. It's not just a good thing to teach them how to cross the street, you know, not talk to strangers. Those are important, of course, you bet. But uh, on the other hand, there's so many people out there that uh, that are pedophiles. My God, I, I don't want to read the stats now. I'll tell you why, because the stats are changing again, okay? And uh, we're having all kinds of people come into our country, and that's changing everything. All, all the stats of everything are going up, okay? So I can't even give uh, the, the right stat right now. So um, the point to this whole thing is that we as parents, you don't say I want my child or children to stay children for as long as they can. In other words, I don't want to educate them about the good, the bad, and the ugly. That's what I always say, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Good being good, the bad being eh, and the ugly is horrible, Okay. Because then they're not going to, they're going to be worried all the time, or it's going to make them paranoid. Or it's going to do this. You see, that's why it's so important for parents to learn the proper way to educate their children. You know, their children or their child. And we do have that on the website. And in fact, yeah. they they suggest that parents do role playing. You know, you play, you do role playing because you see. Kids have minds like sponges, number one. And, um, and, the, and the parents are always the one that are, are the giggly ones. They're the ones that are ashamed of our bodies, for God's sake. I don't want to talk to my child about their breasts. Or I don't want to talk about the vagina or the penis, things like that, right? They don't want, they want to say coochie yet. All right, Judy, they want to say coochie. <laughs> well, let, let me tell you, she knows she's Italian. You, you go into a police department and... And you've been violated, and if you don't have the proper wording, like I was at so many times in my life, so I was eight years old when I went to the police department in New York when I lived in Staten Island, and uh, they said, "Well, where did this person touch you?" Well, I didn't know what to say. I had the point. Okay. Well, what did this person do to you? <laughs> well. What am I supposed to do? I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to gyrate or something? I mean, you know, it isn't fair to the child. It's not fair to yeah, the child. I will tell you, it's, it, it is more sophisticated because when a child discloses it and it is in a prosecutor's office, which mm-hmm. um, they do have a special units team. In the case of my children, um, come and talk to them where they had to, you know, draw and they would compare their stories to see, you know, um, to verify that, hey, are both these kids saying the same thing? So my kids mm-hmm. actually didn't have uh, those little pet words because it, it made me laugh. I mean, not that it made me laugh, but I was I was going, oh, my God, they had to figure out why my kid calls this that and that they had their names for it. But I can only imagine how horrible it was back in the day for somebody mm-hmm. to come in and, you know, try to explain. Right. But you see, here's the deal. Here's the, here's the thing that's, that's so important for people to understand. If you speak to your child right, okay, you say, this is your head, and this is, again, age appropriate. We're not talking about one-year-olds, okay? This is your head. This is your nose. This is your mouth. This is your neck. And the little girl, these are your breasts. This is your belly, and this is your vagina, and these are your knees, and this is your feet. You see what I'm saying? All in the same type of thing. If parents are ashamed to mention 
the body parts that God gave us, all right, then kids many times, not all the time, but kids many times will be ashamed to say exactly what happened to them because it made mommy and daddy giggle and, and they, you know, they acted funny and strange. Now, this is a very serious thing because, you see, in order to, you know, go to the court system and hopefully, I, I wish there were more wine owners that went on these houses and more dangerous houses. We have a lot of uh, those around the country, but not enough. And I wish kids only had to go through that system, okay, rather than to have to go into courtrooms. Because I went into the courtroom in New York in Staten Island with 14 others, 13 others, excuse me, and um, I was number 14. And I remember what it was like. I remember. And you see, you know, it's not a good thing. And when kids are being taken out in front of their peers in school, I went to PS 26 in Travis, if uh, if kids are being taken out in front of their peers in school, they if they feel dirty. You see, this is what happens. They feel ashamed. They feel like, you know, they did something wrong because a police officer came in and, and the kids start to snicker, you know, all this stuff because kids are kids. And, uh, yeah. you know, so there's there's a lot of things you have to take into consideration. And I finally I said to my mother one day, because they had me down uh, town looking at mugshots, all right, and uh, so they said to my mother, I said to my mother, look, please, have them come to the house. No more in, this, in the school because the kids are making fun of me, all right? So you see, this is why it's so important. And I remember how I felt in the police department with the police officers walking around with their guns flopping at their hips and, and all the rough talk and all this other stuff. And, uh, I, you know, it's just not a good thing. So yeah. it's. It's important, it truly is important to teach your kids what's right, give them boundaries. You know, if a person makes you feel uncomfortable, tell me about it, and I'll believe you, I'll believe you, okay? Because that's always one thing the uh, the pedophile will say, or the sex offender, depending on how old the kid is. Um, you know, your mother's not going to believe you. She sees how I am. She sees me as a good person. She's not going to believe you. She's going to think that you're lying, okay, or you're trying to cause trouble. So they have ways of making kids feel like they should keep their mouth shut. This is what we're dealing with. Or if you do tell on me, I'm going to shoot your dog, or I'm going to do something to your cat, or maybe I'll do something to your mother. <laughs> I don't know. I'm using things here. So um, it keeps the child or well, maybe I'm going to do something to you. It's a lot more than what I'm already doing. That's what I want to say. By the way, they were they were threatening my uh, my oldest daughter. They were they were he kept showing her guns, and you know you're part of the mm-hmm. family. And if you ever tell our secrets, he didn't actually say he'd hurt, but he would show her things and talk about what happens to other people when they violate the family. So it was See? threatening. It was indirectly. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, they do that. It's like when I was living in one house, the pedophile house, as I call it, the guy that, that was in that house killed my aunt's bird. Okay, my my aunt loved this bird. It was just a canary or something. And uh, he went down the basement. I'm watching him. I was always a snoopy kid. <laughs> I was. So I'm I'm watching him. 
and he goes down the basement. Now, I knew where he hid the uh, the rat poison, the pelt poison for the mice or whatever. They had them in brown bags in those days, and it was a powder type thing. So I saw him take some of the powder out, and sure enough, he hated that bird, too. And um, so he went over when my aunt wasn't around. He didn't quite know that I was around. I don't think anyway. And he put some of that poison on the bird seed. Well, the next morning I heard a terrible scream, and of course it was my aunt, and he was already gone. He's gone to New York to work on it. He lived next to New York, too. So um, anyway, uh, the bird was dead, and so people say to me, Carol, maybe he was trying to intimidate you, too. So when he's telling you he's going to kill you, he means business. And I thought, wow, that could be. So you see, with these people showing the guns and making a subliminal type of, uh, you know, type of thing for this girl, like you're looking at something that's not actually happening, but you're having your thought process in your mind. You, so you're visualizing, you know, every word that they're saying. It's sort of like a silent message to you that, hey, like you just said, this is what happens to people, the third person, right? This is what happens to people if they don't behave. So you see, that's a a good way to scare the heck out of a kid. Mm -hmm. A good way. That that scares the hell out of them. It's very effective, believe me. So with me, I kept quiet for a year and a half, couldn't take it anymore, didn't care if I lived or died by that time. And I did tell, and I was removed. And uh, then he chased me with his vehicle because I, I was still in the same town. I was still in the same school. You know, so you see, this is what happens. This is what happens, Judy. So we have to explain to people, you know, that it's so important First of all, that they're going to believe they're going to believe you at all times, okay, if you say something. And if yeah. someone does touch you in the wrong place, um, you know, if they want to use a baby, bathing suit area, sometimes people use that because they're still not at the point of being able to say, you know, call the body what it is. But at least the kids will have some, maybe something to work with if they do have to go in the police department because that always stuck in my mind. It's still in my mind. I still remember that. Stood in my mind. Now, with kids who don't get help, okay, kids who don't get help, they grow up very, very scared, very unsure of themselves, terrible low self-esteem. Many times they can try all different kinds of things like cutting. Uh, they want to kill themselves. Uh, they have terrible nightmares. They have, I mean, all, they might regress, depending on how old the kid is, you know, and start uh, urinating in the bed again, things like that all kinds of things, or they'll act too sexual. They'll come out with words that they shouldn't know at that age, okay? Uh So, you know, these are things that we have to, as survivors, explain to people, whether giving presentations or you're talking to a a ladies' group or whatever you're doing. Well, in a sense, that's a presentation, too. Or or in the colleges at many times where I had given them before COVID, everything's crazy. So... uh, But the point is this, Um, we are the ones people are going to listen to. We are the ones. Uh Because we're the ones, you know, that walked in those shoes, or in your case, your children walked in those shoes. Okay? 
So how how do you kids, do you think they have any problems? Or do they have any problems with nightmares or, or anything like that? Um, I, I mean, I, I will say this, and um, it's probably going to sound crazy, but maybe not. So um, my oldest one sleeps with a light on um, mm-hmm. until she's asleep. If I, if I, you know, even at college, she had to get, like, twinkling, like, lights so there would be light on so nobody would know that she sleeps with a light on. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's very rare that her light is off. It's, a, it's mm-hmm. um, every once in a while now I do see her light off. Um, my other one, the little one, um, she sleeps with a weighted blanket, and she has a lot of trouble sleeping. She gets night terrors. Mm-hmm. Um, not all It used to be a lot. Um, she also gets up and has like full blown argument, like conversations. Um, mm-hmm. We kind of we make fun of her in a in a cute way that uh, God, you were having a whole conversation. I mean, it's not just sleep talking. She actually will talk and back and forth, and um, that's I think a result of the uh, assault. Um, Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, the other thing is, is they're very, um, you know, we live in a, like a old girl house. Everybody's afraid to be seen naked. Um, <laughs> and I think that's them, not that, not that we're nudists or, you know, exhibitionists, but, every, you know, um, I've never seen my daughters naked. Um, you know, I live in a, uh, now a large apartment with them and, um, we have plenty of space, but you would, you know, just because it's a girl thing, you would you would think that I might have, but they totally cover up. So nobody sees each other naked, and my daughters are very weird about anybody seeing them naked. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm not an idiot. Of course, I know that obviously someone has seen that. You know, I have a 19-year-old, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, as far as getting changed in front of other people, um, very weird about being naked. Doesn't stop uh, the 19-year-old from wearing um, very uh, skimpy clothes now, but naked is just something that's always going to be probably a tough one. I get it. I get it. Yeah. You know, um, a lot of, see, um, I, I have this song that's going around in my head, and um, a lot of times, and I, I speak about this at times on, on the radio. Many of us feel dirty, or or maybe yeah. we feel like our body um, isn't perfect. Okay, and and we, or we feel shame because that body's been touched by people who aren't supposed to be there. <laughs> all right, and and uh, all these things go through because, like what you said in the very beginning of the show, which is so true. Um, you know, people are, they have to understand. In fact, it's even written here that they're they're victims. They were victims. Okay, that's what they were. They were victims, and they shouldn't be shunned. And they're not weirdos. You have this written right here. Victims of sexual assault are crime victims, not weirdos, and shouldn't be ashamed or shunned. Yeah. So you see, wow. that's that's very true. And like what you said after that, too. Okay, and then Bill said something else. Um, and that's okay because both are right. As time goes by, as time goes by, look, I'm a little bit older than you, huh? But, you know, People never take me for my age, and I act wacky anyway, so I don't think that I'm as old as I am. <laughs> it's just the way it is. I uh, I enjoy life today, Judy. Yes, I do. And I have fun. Okay. 
Um, but uh, at one time I wasn't like that because I was still in that stage of being a victim. So what happens is either you're going to remain a victim, you know, you're not going to grow. We, we call it the healing journey, right? We have the healing journey. You're not going to get on the healing journey, and you're, you're going to just have all these problems that are going to weigh you down. Or you're going to get on the healing journey. I'm glad that your children are still seeing someone when they feel they need to or whatever it is. Um, you know, and, and then you're going to live your life. It takes a while, and everyone's different. Everyone. Some people get better three, four, five years after it happens to them, whatever. And then others, uh, you know, with some help. And then, uh, and then others, it takes a very, very long time. And I don't believe in the lifetime thing because I know that today I am so different. I mean, I was, I was drinking. I was popping pills. I was hanging out with total heavy-duty drug addicts. I was running away from home. Um, I had a brother who couldn't keep his hands off of me or my friends. Okay, he's lucky he didn't get whacked, I'm telling you. Um, I mean, he was just a terrible person, and no one seemed to care in the family. So I would run away. So kids do run away. There's all kinds of things. If the family structure, okay, is totally, totally out of order. Now, you may be a single mom, and I was a single mom, too, because I had two, two divorces. I went through two divorces. Well, I'm sorry, one divorce, and my second one I would have divorced, but... He died from 9-11, okay? And, uh, okay, it took him some years to die. But, uh, I know it sounds weird, but I took care of him. I did everything I had to do. I have a clean slate, let's put it that way. But the point is many times we pick partners that are not right. We don't know how to pick partners um, because uh, if we come from a house where there's, you know, a lot of volatile things or the parents aren't meant to be parents, they don't give the kids the proper care that they need, your kids had you. And you're a target, okay? You're a target in the sense, like I was, when a pervert is out there, a pedophile is out there, and you have young children, okay, especially, they want to get friendly with you, and uh, maybe even say they love you and all this other stuff, but they're really after your kids, one or the other, or maybe both. Who knows? You know, and I have that when yeah, go ahead. My, my biggest, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I, 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 I'm sorry. Um, this is just when you were saying that about the young kids. Yeah. I will tell you that, yeah, young kids are the target, but so are teenage kids too. We, you can't minimize that um, mm-hmm. they still are of interest to the pervert, the pedophile. Um, I, you know, um, I have this thing that I tell, um, it's a pet peeve and it's something that I talk about to single women that I can't say enough of. You don't Mm -hmm. let, or women, anybody who's dating, I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have gendered that one out. Whether you're a man or a woman and you're dating, if you have children, you cannot let people that you're dating come into your home and into your life. You need to wait a very, um, I'm not going to say there's, there's a time frame, but it's, if, I, if I had to just say a barometer, it's mm-hmm. got to be a good couple of months, and you've got to still make sure that you talk to your kids about it so that they feel comfortable telling you anything that makes them uncomfortable. 
but when women let men in and out of their house and life and mm-hmm. women and vice versa, a man lets multiple women, you are putting your mm-hmm. child at risk to be sexually abused or assaulted. That is just, That can happen. Uh, that's that's why that I say that they're targets. As far, but re, remember this, um, that each category has a name. And I, I, I used to be able to go, dip, 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 dip. <laughs> I have to write it down again. But the prepubescent, okay, that's the kids that haven't started to develop, you know, with the breasts and all this other stuff. Okay, so that's what the pedophiles usually want to go to. And then you have those that, yes, um, like the teenagers. And, uh, you know, that, that's a definite thing. And then you have those that even like those that are a little bit older. Or maybe they're just not even fussy, you know what I'm saying? The opportunity is there, so therefore they'll take the uh, you know the chance and they'll just do what they're going to do. So yeah. you know it's it's something that people have to understand. And before the next show, I'm going to have it written down on my bulletin board here, because uh, we talk about this too often. And um, usually, again, the pedophiles they want those that are pubescent. You know, pubescent. They want them, the younger kids. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's what happens. So it's just so many things that uh, parents have to learn. Yeah, but I I do feel that that, uh, women that have uh, 17 teenagers going into uh, late teens, early adulthood, Mm -hmm. they're they're targets too. That's like, uh, that's another prime one. The ones in Uh, college. The ones in college. Your daughter's in college. Yeah. Okay, you no. have a daughter that's in college. Now, um, there are, you know, guys that go around. How many times? I mean, they have a certain thing in the college that uh, women can go to, young women can go to if they've been abused. And then they're supposed to do an investigation. Was that Chapter 9, I think they call it. Um, so anyway, uh, they have that in place. But I haven't heard wonderful things about it, to be honest with you. I wish that I could say that I, I I did, but there is someone that you can go to in the college if you you know want to get this person. I see the way I look at it is sex abusers uh, should be in jail. Okay, I think they they shouldn't be allowed to walk the street because they're never going to stop. Okay, now that's my opinion. You can't rehabilitate them. I'll say this one more time with Oprah. Um, she had a show with a whole bunch of pedophiles on it. Maybe you saw it. It was one of her very, very last shows. And um, I didn't watch her very often, but I happened to watch this one. I'm glad I did. There was about mm, maybe 12, 13, 14, 15, I forget how many guys on the stage. She had no audience. And don't forget, she was sexually abused, okay? So she wanted to know if these guys who range in the age of, uh, say, 30 to 60-something, if they felt like they could be, um, you know, trusted around children. And they had go for counseling. They had gone for it. So she chose people like them to use as samples or examples or whatever. (laughs) Examples is better than samples. All right. So anyway, um, she was asking, you know, certain questions of these guys. No women, just guys. And not one of them could say, not one, at least they were honest, not one could say that they could be trusted around children. Yeah. 
And this is wow. after going to jail. And this is also, I wish you could look that up, that last, uh, one of the last, there were two last segments, okay. And uh, so that was one. And, uh, you know, look it up, see if you can find it, and watch the show, see if you can get it. I don't know. But um, you'd be shocked. Not one could say that, yes, they could be trusted. After going to yeah. jail and having all kinds of therapy outside of jail. Okay. So, you know, <clears throat> they were probably in a halfway house. A lot of prisons have halfway houses, and they go for uh, therapy and all this other stuff. And uh, so these guys were, you know, in prison a certain amount of time, each one probably different. Um, and then uh, they, they went for therapy, and uh, they still couldn't be trusted. There you go. So, you know, it's um, it's this type of thing that people have to understand that you just can't put a person in jail for uh, two weeks or <clears throat> right now two days, whatever, and and let them leave. They, they didn't. First of all, they're not going to learn anything. And number two, uh, they haven't done their time. All right. And I think they should make the laws once things get straightened out again, Judy. They should make their laws much, much, much stronger. The first time offender, and we know this. We've spoken about it often one for years now. Um, studies have been done. The first time offender has offended, now it's up to 128 times. That's what they say. That means maybe 10 times with one kid, 15 times with another kid, 5 times with another. You know what I'm saying? You do the math. It doesn't matter how you jumble it up. The point is it's 128 times. Uh-huh. Now, this is a study that I don't know how many hundreds of uh, pedophiles that, that they spoke to and slash sex offenders, but that is what they said. It came, they came up with 120. And, and 128, this is the first-time offenders. And these are the ones that they know of, right? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they, maybe they just got caught, but God only knows how many more times they got caught, okay? Or not didn't get caught, but should have gotten caught, rather. Wow. Yeah. So you see, it's a big, bad problem. And we have our work cut out for us. Yeah, we do, for sure. Yeah. So anything you can do, because I I know you, you were talking, we were speaking earlier, that you'd like to get more involved. You do know a lot of people. I know you do. And uh, I know them. Right. Yeah, I know Upper Montclair. <laughs> um, I know all around that area there. Um, my mother used to deliver flowers to a florist. You probably know. Well, listen, uh, I'm in never... Listen, I'm seven miles from Montclair. I, I I had Montclair down there to to keep my location private because I was still very weak and fresh in recovery, and I didn't want anybody to know where I lived at all. So Ooh. I had PO boxes going for a while. Oh, okay. All right. I'm, yeah. Well, I, I'm I'm just reading your bio, so I you know I, I have no. what's given to me. Well, it's like, but I think I think you're okay ball now. Ball. Oh yeah. yeah. Well now 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 you know I come out with gloves swinging. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> so I I think yeah. you're doing everything right though for your children. Okay. I've worked with many many families that um, you know, where kids have been abused, 
one way or another, physical, sexual, mental, emotional, neglect, and then you have a good heart, you have a good heart. I think you're very strong, too, because sometimes the, the mother, I mean, you're alone with the kids, you know, I mean, you're taking care of your children, you're with them, and um, and that's a hard job. You know, you can't say, uh, hey, Joseph or whatever, <laughs> go, uh, go help with the kids. You don't get any break. You like yeah. being mom and dad, okay? That's my point. I was like mom and dad, too, all right, until I ended up getting married again, but messed up the second time, too. I'm never getting married again. No. You know, uh, there's some, there's a, you know what else is, is crazy, though? I will tell you, and you probably already know this. The mm-hmm. guilt for me is never going to go away because it happened to them. And, you know, um, you know I'll, I'll, I'm going to go to my grave. I hang on to the guilt a little differently now, but it's, 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 that's never going to go away. You know, I'll look at somebody pushing their baby in a stroller and I'll be like, gosh, I remember my, my baby was in a stroller. I remember that and I would have never thought what was going to happen to them happened. So I still, I still get that, that cringe and that feeling. And I don't think that's never going to go away. No, I don't think it is. You know, um, first of all, you love your kids. Okay. You're meant to be a parent. And I, I was on the phone that. with someone. Well, you know, <laughs> listen, I was on the phone with someone um, oh, a few nights ago now. It was before Thanksgiving. And and uh, I, I had to explain to them that not everyone's meant to be a parent. And, and parents are supposed to behave in a certain way. I'm not saying you have to be perfect. No one's perfect. And everybody's going to make mistakes. Don't get me wrong. But a child knows when they love their parent and when their parent loves them. They know it. There's no second guessing. And what you're giving to your children, and I I, I thank you for this because I've been so at the other end of the pole, believe me, um, is a a feeling of security because they know that mama loves them hmm? and they know that they can come to you. They can come to you with anything. And you see, that that gives a stronger bond between the relationship between parent and, and children. And that's a wonderful yeah. thing. That's a wonderful. So, you know, I give you a lot of credit. I do. Do, do you have, uh, are your parents still alive and all that? No, that's the other thing. Um, I didn't really, uh, I will say, and I, mm-hmm. I don't really care if anybody in my family listens to this. I didn't mm-hmm. have any support from my um my family, my ex-husband, uh, when this all went down, it became my journey and they became people that just didn't really want to hear about it. Um, yeah. Yeah, and also the other thing is is I feel like they were mad at me because it happened. I, st- I think maybe they still are, but I'll just flat out say I don't really give a shit because I did this mm-hmm. myself. So if mm-hmm. they were listening to this, they really can kiss my ass because I went to all the advocacies. I, um, the whole legal thing, mm-hmm. um, you know, they were actually annoyed. They had to come for a deposition. So yes. shame, shame on them on that one. And I'm really proud that I, um, I did follow through and, and get my kids a settlement. Um, the other mm-hmm. thing um, that I have to say, although it's a little bit off topic, but not really, because it, it mm-hmm. comes down to justice for my children the mm-hmm. sister 
of the person that assaulted my child called mm-hmm. me. Um, and it was like through the process where it, there was no settlement yet. It wasn't done. But um, And when she called, I actually said, if you're recording me, anything I'm about to say, I don't really care because it's going to be evidence-based things I'm going to tell you. It's not slander. And so if that's why you're calling me, um, record away. But really she was calling because she was calling to apologize and to tell me that she's sorry because she knows it's true and that because she did confront it with the family, she had been disowned, stripped Mm -hmm. of everything. Um, Very Mm -hmm. much, you know, I don't want to say it because, but very much how an old school Philippine Mm -hmm. family would do, start stripping everything away from somebody. And it meant to my children to hear a family member who had been disowned for coming forward. Um, Also, it was disclosed that uh, he had been trafficking and doing some other things. So that was Mm -hmm. another thing that came into life. But um, I didn't even go down that route because none of that was shocking. But that was another uh, form of justice. And also, it showed um, us being willing to forgive because we, we still have contact with her and we're even going to have her in our home a few years ago um, for the holidays. So, um, mm-hmm. and actually she was the first person that we called when we uh, finished our civil suit to tell her. And she was so happy that the kids had gotten some kind of justice. Oh, I see, that's, that's very rare. That's very rare, very Judy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you handled I, everything so well. You really did. I'm really proud of you. You know really what's really as I realized how much pain everybody else in this family had gone through. Not just, yeah, my kids were the victims, but there was mm-hmm. so many other victims involved that um, it really opened my eyes that it didn't just affect, and God knows how many other children, you know, and how many victims there has been since my children, but to see that the family uh, lives under that wrath and, um, you know, was aware and had to live with all that, it, it was just, it still is mind-boggling to me. But you see what's so sad about this, um, like even in my family, which is a very bad family, okay? I won't go any further than that. But they shouldn't, like, push this all on you like it was your fault. Like, look, like I said, these people are past masters at grooming people. And if you don't, you know, if you're not aware, that, if you don't have in your brain that this person might be weird and I just don't know it yet, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, and people don't like, you know, you, they don't think like that usually. You don't want to think like that. So, uh, but that's unfortunately the truth, okay? So, yeah. I mean, how would you know? You don't know until something finally happens. But they have, like, this thing, like the guy in, in, in New York with me, and he was only one of many, all right? But he was going by that school, and he knew that I left. He knew that I left the courtyard every day just about to go down to the candy store, naughty, 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 and buy with five cents, Judy, a nickel, I could buy a big bag of malted balls. <laughs> I wow. was just a kid. I was just a kid, okay. So, um, okay, so then I'd get back before the bell rang, and uh, but I'm eating my malted balls, yes I am, before I'm getting into that school, I, I probably had half the bag, you know, finished, 
And I probably felt like barfing because I was pushing them in. <laughs> you know, I loved malted balls. I absolutely did. So, um, you know, and that was just what I did almost every day. So he was watching me. People don't know when they're being watched. You know, yeah. these these perverts, they, they, uh, they, uh, they sit and they watch. They can be volunteers. They can be volunteers to work with the kids in high school who are out there on the field doing whatever, maybe they're football or maybe they're baseball or, or even the cheerleaders are out there. So Listen, I think that what? they should take, yeah, well, they should be more careful with who they allow to be volunteers. Go ahead. You know how crazy, it's so funny that, that you say this because when I was actively advocating because, you know, COVID came into place, and so, you know, that's why mm-hmm. I call it a that's why I really would like to get back into it. But um, whenever we had a volunteer or somebody that was overly zealous to help and mm-hmm. if they didn't have children and didn't have a story, I would scrutinize why because I'd be Good. so worried. And it was crazy because everybody would be like, why are you going that way? I'm like, well, I got this volunteer. He's a, a janitor. He doesn't have any children. He's not married. He's a good-looking guy, and mm-hmm. he's my first responder. He's my first person to come help me. He's the first person to like the post, the first person to sign up and help, and the ride or die to be at every function. And if he doesn't come up with a why, I'm, in, I, I, I'm going to do a deep investigation. I finally right. did find the why for that particular, but I find that all the time. And um, the other thing that I would find um, – and not not to throw because I know you know the story. We had a very famous uh, advocate a couple of years ago that um, you know actually I probably wouldn't even care about saying his name because so many people are victims and still need to come forward. But um, mm-hmm. but was Mike Pistorino the uh, you know the big oh, yeah. uh, the big poster child because you know what this is all everything I'm saying is factual so nothing could legally come hit me. Um, no. But what he would do was talk about his recovery, his sobriety, and he would go and make, uh, and, um, you know, actually, you know, I, you know, that I was uh, approached and had my dealings with Mr. Pistorino. He would make, he'd pick um, advocates that were very active and he would make them feel special and then he uh-huh. would try to get them to sleep with him or do drugs with him. And that's what we were working with because well, what I explained to people that um, were so shocked by, by this is I said, what do you expect as somebody who's on a healing journey, who's advocating, um, messing with another advocate? You're both broken people. So, you know, you have to own up to responsibility. You've got to be careful, you know, what kind of people you get involved with when you're volunteering and, you know, how close you get to people, and you have to really feel it out. I hate to say it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. But you see, at least you have the proper mindset here because what you just told me is, is a red flag. He's overly, you know, involved. He wants to be overly involved. He was like a, like a puppy wagging his tail too much. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, all right? He's not married. Yeah. <laughs> he's a, you, know, you know what I'm saying? And and uh, And he's a good-looking guy. Well, what's going on here? You see, many times, and don't forget, many times they will align themselves. Pedophiles will align, you know, they want to go where children are. So school is a perfect place. 
You know what I'm saying? Well, single, so, you know. Single moms, single moms with children that are going to trust sure. these children. The other thing is a lot of, a lot of these um, pedophiles and perverts, they look mm-hmm. for women that are in active drug recovery because they're hoping they're high and they don't have their wits about them and, you know, will be willing to take off and go on a drug spree while this person stays with their child. They right. Count, you know, like they count I hear you. Yeah, she goes away and goes on a crack binge. I could rape her child. She won't even know. That's right. So. That's right. Well, Crazy. I can tell that you have, you have, um, you know, a lot of good common sense, and I like that. Okay. And he says here, I want to educate people on how important it is to be an advocate and to educate and to be proactive. Now, you see that word proactive there? That's something that we have to teach society. I work a lot with community. I I love community. I I love working with community Um, people. And uh, not right now. It's cold out. I'll wait till the spring. But, you know, the point is um, pedophiles, they don't they don't have any vacations, do they? They can do anything any time of year. It doesn't matter whether it's spring, summer, or fall or winter. But what I'm saying is to go door to door. People don't like that. You can't put information in their mailboxes. So then that's why I get out there and try to do, um, you know, uh, some kind of talk, a speech, whatever, presentations. Yeah. And I take all kinds of information from NASCA, which we can do. But things that are simple, okay, like what are the red flags to look for? People don't know the red flags. They have no idea. Um, What are the (laughs) red flags that you have, right? And what are the red flags of your child maybe possibly being, uh, you know, abused? And we have paperwork on all of that stuff. And then also, too, you can get cards. Judy, we have the the cards. You have to go to the right section for that And, and order, you know, cards and uh, so forth. I have a friend who makes my cards. I, I don't have to worry about that. But we have it also, too, you know, right here on NASCAR. And blue ribbons. Yeah. Have a presentation, give people a ribbon, give them a card. And uh, that, you know, of course, is good for NASCAR. And also, too, the cards that Bill was put together, I guess he's the one that did it, it has a little tiny bit of uh, thing of information on there, okay, a little bit. Like it used to be, I'm going to say used to be, one of four girls will be, you know, sexually abused by the time they're 18. And one out of six, I think it was, will be sexually abused by the time they're 18. Now, those I can't, yes, that's disgusting. Now, because the way things are until it changes, I would venture to say that those aren't quite right because so many more kids are being abused now whether it be sexually, physically, mentally, emotionally, or neglect, or all five of them, okay, all five of the abuses. So the point is, and it has telephone numbers on it, like child help, I've had them on, oh, my God, I think three times now, maybe four. They're a wonderful organization. And uh, that's the one that I tell people to call because a lot of times people are afraid of retaliation. Say someone knows that Joe Blow down the street is doing something he shouldn't be doing, okay, and, and Peggy is why for helping. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, I'm coming up with strange names. But, you know, um, but people are afraid to say anything because they're afraid of retaliation. So what, what do you do? You call the 1-800-4-A-CHILD number, and that's on the card, 1-800-4-A-CHILD number. 
And um, I did that at two o'clock in the morning because I wanted to check on it. this, in, you know, this this place. I wanted to see if it was real. So I called, and after a minute of uh, music playing, then all of a sudden someone came on. They're a wonderful counselor. They're all very highly trained. I'm a counselor. These people are counselors. And I, I was playing the game for a while. I said, okay, now stop. I'm Carol Levine from the Stop Child Abuse Now show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, but I wanted to hear how she would handle certain situations. And she was very, very good. So this is a number that I, I tell everyone to call. Because if you know that someone's being abused down the street or in your family, whatever the case might be, um, you call that number and they will guide you. They also have programs right on their own child help. You, you look up child help, you see how good they are. And uh, for children, maybe they need to get away from the family until it's settled in the court thing. And, uh, you know, whatever the problem might be. And uh, so they're very good also. So I've had them on the show. Bill and I have had them on the show um, about four times. And I will have them again next year. And and also Winona's house, I adore them. And also Deidre's house. Each yeah. In the back line. Yes. They're wonderful. I have to tell you, I have to tell you though, um, Winona's definitely mm-hmm. was powerhouse. And doing work with with them as an organization, yep. probably one of the key things in giving me strength to fight for my children. Um, right. Yeah, it's, it's, they're wonderful people, and Prophet is great. I had him on. I've had him on twice, and um, yeah, Dominic. He's, he's, Dominic. Dominic, yes, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I call him Prophet because to me he's like a prophet. <laughs> but, you, know, you know the way he speaks and so forth, and he loves to come on. He loves it. He, he's all excited when he knows he's going to come on the show. So uh, I think that's cute. But anyway, the point is our show. Is is getting close to the end now? Okay, that's how fast it went. Oh wow! Now what you, yeah, what you did was you 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 held your ground, you kept yourself together, you worked with your children, and um, you did what you could do with the court system, which is a sucky thing. They're, they're no good. The court system, the all has to be done over again, and uh, so forth and so on. And those children of yours, yes, they have you know some problems which you spoke about, which is not abnormal. And um, will it ever go away? I don't know. I'm so tough. I never had too many problems. I used to have nightmares, and I I remember sitting up one night and, and I screamed, "Screw you!" <laughs> That's what I did to my nightmare. And uh, I didn't have any more nightmares after that. You know, yeah. It, it all depends on the individual, and uh, but you know you can heal. You can heal. And be the, yeah, you, you know, as, know. as maybe not 100%. I'm going to say this. I always tease Bill. I say 90, 95%. That's what I am. And I have some things. I do. <laughs> but I'm not going to tell him. But, you know, I have some things. He's listening. He's laughing on the other end. I can tell. But, yeah. okay, the point is I can function. Um, I'm very good at what I do. I know I am. And, and yeah, because I have it in my heart. Okay. You see? Uh-huh and you have it in your heart, you want to be an advocate, you know. And so all the places, maybe someday you'll go out and speak. I don't know. You do. It doesn't matter whether you do or you don't, but it's good. And I can tell you this. When I wrote my book 10 years ago, there was only one other book like mine, okay, online that you could go to. One. That's it. Amazon, right? 
And today you open it up, and it, there's so many books on child abuse now. And I think what we need actually are more books for the kids so you can sit down with your children. And they do have some of those too, believe me. Where, you, you know, it shows not nasty pictures, don't get me wrong, but it's age appropriate, right? age appropriate. Yeah. You know, and I think Let's, that's a good thing too. You know, you know what it is? I think um, it's, it's our job to, you know, I almost want to call it social police. Is that The key mm-hmm. thing I say is we want to educate, be preemptive, and be mm-hmm. proactive. That is that exactly is soldiers for you know foot soldiers to get this awareness and message out. You can't count on others to do it for us. Right, you're so right, and, and we're the we're the ones. Okay, now I'm going to say this quickly. We're the ones that they're going to listen to, because when I first started to go to Centenary University, okay, that's in uh, Hackettstown over here. Because um, they wanted me to speak, they wanted me to tell a story. The whole town was there when I told the story. What a wild thing that was! But anyway, the point is this: after that, it was classes that I spoke to because people are going to become social workers, they're going to become this, they're going to become that. I've spoken to cops. Well, and you know what? They didn't have near enough knowledge about child abuse. They just didn't. Okay, oh the professors yeah. didn't have enough knowledge about child abuse. So yes, we are the teachers. Now, I have schooling under my belt. I'm a counselor, but I don't have my Ph.D., and I don't care because they're going to listen to me before they're going to listen to that Ph.D. Yeah. Because we walk the walk, and we talk the talk. We talk the talk. You you know, I should come see you because you're really not that far from me, and I'm a hiker, so maybe I'll come out there and... and uh... I would love that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah that'd be ha- great. I'll take you. I'll take you down to the. Uh, has a strange name, but anyway, well, I'll teach. I'll give you lunch and all that other stuff. We'll have a good time. If it was summertime, I could take you down to the. Uh, you know, to the park down here. We have a park that's really pretty, and, and they. Oh, we could get one of those boats and go out on the river. <laughs> Don't worry, we come back again. But it's not like the Delaware River. There's things to do around here, is what I'm saying. But it's winter time, you know. But um, I would love to meet with you, you know, sometime soon. Absolutely. Yeah, I feel like we've been back and forth for 100 years. I know. I mean, you're not that far away. So close. You know, this is crazy. And uh, so this this would be very good, honey. I'm starting to lose you a little bit. My phone wants to die. But um, in a second, we're going to hear the 90-second cue. (laughs) Okay. So what would you say as a final statement to the people? about hope, things like that? Um, that, I mean, I'm just hoping that my story just shows that um, there is hope. There is a life after this. Um, that if you uh, really go out there and get the support and the help that you need and you're open and um, willing to get that help, that you can have a normal life. And not that I wish this to happen to, you know, wish this to happen to me or wish it to happen to anybody else, but um, you'll find a strength through your recovery. That's the thing that I really would want people to know. Mm-hmm. Very well said. And I think that even in your voice, I can hear that you have strength, okay? And I think you are a very good advocate. 
And uh, I want you to come on the show more often. You know, I mean, even as you know, come on as a panelist. We always need panelists. And, I would uh, you, Yeah, be, it would be very good. And uh, then you know a lot of people around your area. Maybe said that maybe there's some others that want to tell their story or or whatever. I don't know. You know yeah. better than I do. So, um, well, you know, <laughs> I don't know. We don't force people to tell their stories, but it's good that they do because they always. Now, don't you feel good? Yeah, and I will tell you, Friday nights are always a good night for me because um, I come home and I do Shabbat, which I think mm-hmm. you know what that is. So, I, well, my I'm husband was the- Jewish. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I do Shabbat more for a movement than uh, anything else because it's, uh, it's peace. But um, I would be available for one night during the week to be a panelist. I also would love to help you get some really interesting warriors and um, guests out that I think could really um, be inspirational to people that would, are listening. That would be wonderful. That would be great. Okay. So, I mean, we're always looking for, you know, good people to come on. And you're one of them. And uh, I have someone coming on next Friday that uh, wants to be a uh, person that comes on once a month on a Thursday. And uh, I think she's going to be good, too. But we always need people. So, you know, get in touch with Bill. And maybe he's, I'm sure he listens to the whole show or whatever. Um, Maybe he can give you some ideas as to how you could, you know, help. And I want you to be a part of this this show. I think you're very good, What what you don't know, Carol, what you don't know, Carol, is that, uh, that we got uh, Wednesday guests through Judy through the sh- in the show, and she's oh, just really? provided me with she's just provided me with the contact information except for the email address, which I need okay, good. too. But but all yeah, the other stuff. Have that, uh, yeah, and actually, I have uh, I have your guest. I have another guest for you that um, is another powerhouse. So um, I've been doing yeah. a lot of things in, in Patterson roundtables with young girls and all these things. So right. I've been meeting such really good warriors out there. Right. Well, so that's she's going to provide. She's going to. She's going to. She's already during the show been working on on, uh, on helping us out with our show. So God bless you, Judy. I love you a lot. You know that. Uh, and, uh, I know. I miss. I, I miss this. I have to get back. It gives. It gives well, you me. You can a call me. You can call me anytime. You know. <laughs> that's never stopped. Okay. Oh God! Right. Don't open that up. You'll, you're you're going to wish you didn't. No, I don't. No, I don't. <laughs> All right. God bless you, and I'll give the show back to Carol to finish it up. God bless. All right. Okay. All right. Well, everyone, you had uh, we had a very good night tonight. We did a very good show, and um, thank you, Judy, for coming on. I think you're great. I think you're strong. I think you're an advocate already. Yes, you are, and uh, we need more like you. And uh, thank you so much for helping to bring on guests because that's great, okay? This way we get the word out more and more and more, okay? And uh, there are people that listen to the computer all the time. So uh, you don't know who you reached tonight by what you did, all right, how you're working with your children, okay? And you're very strong at that. I will say that. I always say if you help one person by your talk, Mm -hmm. that's that's a great so, You've done you your job. Yep. Yep. That's right. Okay, sweetie, let me uh, wrap this up here. i got to shut things off. So, uh, you know, come on again real soon, okay? And I'll talk to you soon, all right? Definitely will. Okay. All right. Thank you okay, so honey, much. Thank Have... you. All right. Bye. Okay, honey. Bye-bye.
Blog Talk Radio.